was centered seven miles north of Anchorage. Drywall down and yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big mess. They developed us this evening the first confirmed case here in Alaska. This occurred maybe two hours ago. We are actually moving all of our gatherings to online. At ACF Church in Eagle River, they're offering online sermons to show Alaskans we're all in this together. Welcome to ACF Church. If you're new today, we're so glad that you're here. My name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here at ACF, and I just keep getting the feels every time I watch that video. This is my third time, and it's emotional to think about where we've come from. And for some of you, you don't know anybody in any of those pictures, and that's totally fine. And others of you, you've been part of our journey for a very long time. And wherever you're at today, know this, like, we have created this place for you. And that you have a community here and a, a people to be a part of. And, and if you're wondering, what is ACF about? Well, we uh, want to see it be in Alaska as it is in heaven. 
And we didn't come up with that on our own. We didn't make that up. That's basically Jesus' prayer. As he taught the disciples to pray, he said, pray that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. We just happen to live in Alaska. So we want to see that. And we also have this mission that we want to amplify the grace of Jesus to the churched, the unchurched, and the dechurched. And uh, so you're probably in one of those categories uh, today. And, and we're, we're just so excited that you're here. And we also have a system. We want to see lost people found and found people grow and growing people trained and trained people mobilized for the kingdom of God. And so then beyond that, we have values, these things that keep us centered on on what we're trying to go after and, and help us to know what is our character like so that we might fulfill the mission that God has for us. And we're actually going to share some of those values here Today, it's going to be a little bit of a different morning. Normally, I get up and, and preach a message right now, but uh, we're actually going to kind of in, invite you into our staff meeting here in just a minute and, uh, and just really share some things that God is doing in our midst. But as Jesus, he, he is uh, crucified, buried, and then resurrected, he appears to his disciples. And they're in a place where it's probably the, the most visionless moment of their lives. But they're just going like, where do we go from here? What do we do next? And Jesus appears to them. And he gives them something that we know, know is the Great Commission. And this is in Matthew chapter 28. And you can find it in your Bible right now if you want to. It'll be on the screen behind me. But this is really for Jesus. He's giving them a real focus for their lives. Matthew 28, verse 16. And I love the message translation. says it like this. It says, Meanwhile, the eleven disciples were on their way to Galilee, headed for the mountain Jesus had set for their reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him. Some, though, held back, not sure about worship, about risking themselves totally. Some of you feel that way today, right? Some of you are holding back today. You're like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. And then it goes on. It says, Jesus undeterred. I love that Jesus is never deterred by our lack of faith, right? He's never deterred by our lack of engagement, right? He's undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this, day after day after day, right up until the end of the age. So I, I love this idea that Jesus, he knows these men are in a, in a really sensitive place in their lives, right? So much has changed about why uh, they, they, they think that they exist. And, and they're trying to figure out what is next. Our, our, our leader has left us and he's going to leave us again. And Jesus even says that. I'm going to leave you again. I'm going to leave you my Holy Spirit, right? He tells them, like, I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. Don't worry about it. Like, I've got you. I'm going to be with you. But really, more than anything, what I think Jesus knew is that these disciples, they didn't merely need a savior. They also needed a mission. They didn't just need to know like, hey, you've been rescued. They also need a, a purpose to get out of bed in the morning, which don't we all need that? Like we all need a reason that we get out of bed. We need a reason that we come to church or that we go to work in the morning. Like, and it has to be deeper than just like making a buck to pay the bills or, or, or just coming to a gathering just, to, just to, to do it, to fulfill an expectation. No, we need a reason and a purpose. I want you to think about uh, your first day at a job. If you can remember maybe your first job. Some of you haven't gotten jobs yet, but that's okay. Imagine what it would feel like as you get a little older, you get a job. And uh, that first day at the job, when you're there, you feel a little purposeless, don't you? Like you were hired to do something, and yet you're not really doing it yet. 
and you kind of wander around, and you don't even know where the bathroom's at, right? You're just kind of awkward and uncomfortable, and, and you've got all this bent-up potential, an unused potential that's inside of you. It's just not being focused yet. And, and, and what'll typically happen if you have a boss that's a good boss is they'll recognize that you're wandering around aimlessly. And they'll give you some focus and direction to begin to utilize the skills and gifts that are inside of you. Because that boss, he knows this. He knows that if you aren't given a purpose, you will quit before you even get started. Because you need a reason to be there, right? And the same is true in our spiritual journey. If you don't know why you're here, Beyond just Jesus is saving me from my sins. If you don't know, then what? So then what? If you don't know, then, then you're going to actually lose your excitement and focus and passion, and your faith will kind of fizzle out. Some of you are there right now where you're not even sure why you're here. You're not even sure why you go to church or why you call yourself a Christian. And, and, and I just I want to share this with you. I was reading this book, Becoming a Contagious Christian, and the author says this. Often I meet Christians who are in a spiritual malaise, holding on to their faith but not advancing in it much. Bible study has become a chore. Prayer is a dry routine. The miracle of their own conversion, once recounted with great passion, is now a distant, fading memory. And going to church is, well, it's something they just do. Mechanically and half-heartedly, these people trudge along through the drudgery of quarantined Christianity. It's an interesting term. But when these lethargic believers break out of spiritual isolation and meet some spiritual seekers, something incredible starts to happen. As they experience the high-stakes conversations that tend to happen with unchurched people, they begin to notice a sort of inner renewal taking place. Areas long ignored suddenly come alive with fresh significance. Isn't it incredible how elevating our efforts to reach others can be a catalyst for personal growth. Once again, Jesus knew they didn't just need a Savior. They needed a mission. And you are the same today. And I want you to know this. Like, if, if, you, if you don't know why you exist, this is why you exist. The same reason Jesus came to earth to seek and save that which is lost. And when you take that out of the equation of the life of a believer, what you end up with is a very self-centered, self-focused, ultimately selfish Christianity that doesn't lead to life or passion or any kind of excitement. We need a mission, a reason to be here. Jesus gave them this great commission. It was the last thing they told them. And if you're a parent in the room, you know that the last thing that you tell your kids when you leave the house is the most important thing, right? Right? You're like, clean your room and don't punch your sister. Whatever it is, like these just, whatever you do, remember this. And this is what Jesus is doing. He's literally saying, church, you have one job. Go and make disciples. And, and this is the thing that, that, that we get measured by. I ran across this quote while I was on my sabbatical this summer, and it's just kind of been, been haunting me in my soul and challenging me. And, and, and I've been wrestling with this and chewing on this quote, but this is a quote from a guy named Neil Cole. He says this, Ultimately, each church will be evaluated by only one thing, its disciples. Your church is only as good as her disciples. It does not matter how good your praise, preaching, programs, or property are if your disciples are passive, needy, consumeristic, and not radically obedient, your church is not good. Ouch, right? Like, that should hurt a little bit, right? Like, like we can think that we're doing great, and we're not doing great. And, and, and that, that should be 
maybe our greatest fear, is that we will convince ourselves that we are, are, are doing something impressive to God, and God's going to go, I'm not impressed. And there's a chance, there is a chance, that we could pour ourselves into things that Jesus is not pouring himself into, or, or convince ourselves that, that these things mean success, and Jesus is like, I measure success completely different than you do, right? That we stand before Jesus and like, Jesus, we had a fog machine on a- at ACF. We had lights and an LED screen. Aren't you happy? Jesus is going, I gave you one job. Did you make disciples? Did you make holy devoted followers of me, people who are willing to risk everything for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of the lost? Do those people exist in your community? And if they do, if they do like, well done, good and faithful servant, right? Well done. That's how Jesus is going to measure things. And what's so great is that so many of you are that. So many of you are that, and yet we have a long ways to go in a whole community worth of people that have not yet heard the good news of Jesus. So what I'm going to do here for the next few moments is I'm going to sit down with some of our staff. I actually had a friend of mine come to staff meeting, and when they left, they're like, I was so encouraging. I was like, coming to staff meeting was encouraging? They're like, yeah, because you guys share so many stories about what God is doing in our midst. And so we're going to do that kind of together here today and just see what happens. And so would you welcome up two of our staff members here today? Come on up. I dig that music. That's uh, from our very own Rebecca Hastings. It's a good song. It's, you're going to hear more of that. Anyway, um, hey, welcome, guys. Tell us your name and tell us what ministry you serve in. Yeah, good morning. I'm Stuart, and I have the privilege of overseeing our major outreach events into our community. Awesome. I'm, Ta- I'm Taylor, and um, I oversee our communications department. So anything digital, um, things that you see on your seat right now has probably gone through my team. And so, yeah. Social media stuff, all those things. That's all Taylor. And th- so the value that we're going to start off with today, we have four of these values. And the first one is this, life is a mission, not a vacation. And again, we don't just come up with stuff. We just look at the life of Jesus, and we realize that Jesus had a purpose. He had a reason that he lived, and something got Jesus out of bed in the morning. He was on a mission, not simply on a vacation. Now, I I love some vacation, okay? So don't get me wrong. Like, it's okay to go on vacation, but your life is not about vacation, right? If your life is about vacation, that's an empty life, right? We want a life that is on mission. And so what I'd like you guys to do, maybe just share how you've just seen God work, even in this value in the ministries that you're a part of. Yeah, I see it all the time. I get to see behind the scenes at a lot of our big events and the things, the, the, the things and the people that come along uh, to support those. And this year, we've seen over 1,000 people volunteer their time to make our different events happen so that people can connect with folks in the church and then ultimately hear about Jesus Christ. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. A specific example is a, a soldier named Thomas uh, who found his community here at ACF uh, just over a year ago. And he has been inviting his soldiers to come and be part of our work projects, like set up Christmas lights and, and just behind-the-scenes stuff that nobody else gets to see. Uh, but his purpose is that they'll find community, that they'll get connected to a church, and that they'll hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. He gets it, and that's what I get to see uh, day in and day out, which is awesome. So good. Yeah, um, to 
to continue with that, my team, we get to um, go out and capture what you guys are doing in the community. So while you're on mission, my team gets to capture everything that you're doing and how God is using you. And so um, I just, my team is so awesome. I love that they go out and they they hear what you're doing and they want to share with the community. So people know that God is moving here in Eagle River and he's changing lives. And so, yeah, it's it's really cool. You might get a call from someone on on her team because maybe you shared your story on a prayer card or something like that. And I hear stories from them that, you know, sometimes it's hard for them to even hold the camera because it can be really emotional to hear what God is doing in and through your life. And uh, so it's really powerful just to share those stories because we need that. We need to know what God's doing in our midst and how what we've been investing in is actually contributing to life change around us. Uh, I want to read a scripture. This is Romans 10, 13. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Uh, Praise God for that, right? It's that simple. If you call on the name of the Lord, if you're willing to humble yourself and just cry out for mercy and grace, God will give it abundantly. Verse 14, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? So what does that text mean for you guys here today? Yeah, so I think for me, what I really um, hone in on that is the, like, how can they know Jesus if they haven't heard about him? Mm. And I think of the thousands of people just in this community, and even those online, you know people that don't know Jesus yet, and we, we think about these people and, like, our hearts should break. Like, they don't know the grace and love that we've experienced. Like, we know what it's like. To, to have Jesus in our life and have that relationship. And so, um, yeah, that scripture just, it carries a lot of weight. Like our hearts should break for those that don't know Jesus. And we should be on mission to continue to see people come to know him yeah. and how good he is. No, it's so good. I, here's the deal. If, you're, if you've been a Christian for over 10 years, would you raise your hand in, in the room? Okay, so many of you have been Christians for a long time. Here's the tendency for Christians and for just generally church people. The tendency is to assume that everybody has heard the gospel. Now, you might not say that, but we, we kind of live that way, right? The assumption is they, they've heard it and they're just rejecting it, right? So why do I need to go tell them? So that's the assumption. And yet, do you know that there are people right around you that have never heard the good news of Jesus? The question is, could it be that simple to lead someone into salvation? And um, just a story, a, a family member of mine kind of actually married into our family. And uh, we were talking one day about church and the things that I do here. And she started asking questions. And she's like, well, tell me about what you do. I'm a pastor and here's this stuff. She came to church and saw what we were doing. And and she was asking all these questions. And I was like, well, what do you know about Christianity? And she goes, nothing. And I was like, so let's start at the beginning. Adam and Eve. She was like, nope. And I was like, all right. So uh, like Noah and you know, the flood. Nope. Uh, Jonah and the whale. Nope. Jesus and the cross. Nope. So I was like, this low-hanging fruit. So I'm like, okay, so there's this guy, Jesus, and uh, he loves you a lot. And, um, you know, like, like all the things that we try to do, we can never live up to God's standards and our own standard, and we realize there's this, there's this thing that we can never really grasp. We have these things that we do wrong. We don't know what to deal with them. Well, Jesus made a way to deal with those sins. He died for your sins, and, and then he rose again, and, 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 and he rose from the grave, and, and now he's alive, and you can be alive too and be resurrected with Jesus. Do you want to do that? And she goes, yes. And, and, and I was like, well, do you want to pray? And she's like, sure. And we just prayed, and she just accepted Jesus. And, like, it was the beginning of a beautiful thing, and I thought, well, isn't that something, you know? Like, <laughs> some people just don't know. 
And I wonder for you if maybe you've been saying no for people when they would say yes. And just if you gave them the chance. And so I, I love that, that challenge there in that. We want to celebrate with each one of these values, the p- people around us, just a couple of people. Many of you live out these values, but just celebrate a few individuals that live out these values of life is a mission, not a vacation. Uh, who is on the screen behind us here? Uh, this is a crazy group. Uh, you see Ben and Barb Eaton on your left there. Uh, and I love it. They just have this heart and a passion. And they're serving. This is Christmas Light Outreach. These are people that are greeting folks coming on our campus they're, they're loving them. They're, they're inviting them to church, giving them candy, giving them pets, dog treats. Um, and it, it's a wild time. But what they get is it's about connection. It's they're connecting with people while they're serving. A lot of these people they don't know in this group. They got to know them. Um, those people connect to ACF just by serving. But they're also connecting people coming on our property. And the ultimate goal is always that those people would see Jesus Christ, get to know Jesus Christ. And that's, that's what our outreaches are all about. And that's what yeah. they get. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have like hundreds of people serving at this throughout December. And I'll tell you what, like it's a blessing. It is, uh, we look forward to it every year. Our small group does a night and, uh, and many of you serve at this. If somebody's here and they want to be part of the Christmas Light Outreach, how can they do that? Yeah, there's two main re- ways you can do that. If you're here in the building, uh, you can just visit our guest services kiosk before you leave. Uh, and there's this QR code right on the deck right there. You can scan it with your phone, and it'll take you right to the sign-up link. If you are online or you just pass by those, you can go to our main website and look for upcoming events. Look for Christmas lights, and just click on there, and you can sign up through that. Yeah, we will literally see thousands of people on our church property driving through. And we know this every time, that there's people who would never have driven onto a church property who will come to the Christmas light drive through Who knew that you could serve Jesus by wearing snowmen and Christmas tree outfits? Oh, you can. But, it but gets can. crazy. It's awesome. So I encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, thank you for all you guys do to help us be people who are on mission and not living in a vacation. So would you give them a hand? It's still, don't you have to move a little bit? Like, it's good. I like it. I like the music. Hey, guys, uh, the next value that we're talking about is that we lead the way in generosity. Uh, We believe that we serve a generous God, which means that we should be a generous people. You want to look like Jesus? Be generous, because Jesus is a generous person. And so um, for for you guys, share uh, share with us your name and then the ministry you're involved with. I'm Danny Vinhouse. I'm the director of operations here at the church, and I handle facility, uh, financial, and administrative things. Yep. And my name is Tammy Ryan, and I work with Hope to Alaska. Hope to Alaska. Awesome. Uh, so with this idea that we lead the way in generosity, share just maybe a story of when. How are you seeing this lived out in your circles right now? So uh, as many of you know, we partner with Compassion International, uh, adopting kids in Burkina Faso and Peru. And just this last year, uh, Compassion came to us and said, hey, we would like to initiate a project to help give um, uh, iron-fortified uh, food items or food products to kids in Peru because the, because of the anemia that they have. And uh, we said, man, we'd love to do that. And they said it would be about $70,000. We kicked that project off. The money started coming in. And then Compassion said, well, actually, it's going to be $93,000. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we still kept the money coming in, and we even had a grant come in, a matching grant from uh, one of our lead team members, Candice Duvall, and uh, m- we made up that total and came up with the $93,000. That's so good. Awesome. Yeah. 
So what I get to do every day is I get to connect with people who have um, signed up for Hope to Alaska. And so I actually get to witness your all's generosity like every single day. Um, So I get to contact these people and speak with them about what Hope to Alaska is, get them connected with services. Um, And I literally get to bear witness to your generosity and the difference that it's making in people's lives. And there's this one woman who I was talking to and she said, you know, when she signed up for Hope to Alaska initially, she didn't have any health insurance and she really needed counseling. And then she changed jobs and she got health insurance and she started giving back to Hope to Alaska. And I think that that is just such a beautiful picture of what this ministry is about. It's about giving to those. And I think what's amazing about Hope to Alaska is it is literally changing and saving lives. And I get to hear that every single day. And so I get to see your generosity just play out in people's lives every day. It's just so beautiful. Yeah. Well, and Tammy's one of our newest staff members and uh, she was working. Yeah, you can give Tammy a hand. Absolutely. You came out of that field as you, what were you doing before? Yeah, so I just wrapped up an 11-year career with the United States Army working as a civilian in the Behavioral Health Department. Um, Came on board here and God just opened that door. And then I get to also work in a private practice here in town and just get to see this lived out every day. It's just really amazing. And if you're new and you don't know what Hope to Alaska is, it's an an initiative that we started that kind of turned into a, a, a movement, really. Uh, that's centered around mental health and, and really just helping people get the counseling that they need uh, for the things that they're struggling with. And we found that money was a big barrier. And so, so many of you give to Hope to Alaska so that we can pay for people's counseling. Uh, so they'll get the help that they need in their moment of need. And so, uh, yeah, we're really excited about that. A scripture for this value, we lead the way in generosity. Luke twelve forty eight says, From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. What does this scripture mean for you guys? Well, I think when you look at it as, as Americans, we have a lot, don't we? Hmm. You know, we've been given much. We've been blessed with a lot. And um, I believe God is telling us when I bless you is I'm empowering you to take that and further my kingdom and to go out and spread the gospel and I think it's just something that, and there's that entrusted, entrusting us, the body of Christ. And I think it's a, just an empowerment that we shouldn't take lightly. Yeah, and we always talk about this idea that, you know, when you give to ACF, you don't give to ACF, but you give through ACF. And so many of you are tithing so faithfully to the ministry of ACF. Thank you so much for that. You really do keep us doing more than just keeping the lights on. Like, you are affecting lives uh, in deep ways. And, uh, Danny, you're in the numbers all the time. Uh, So how did we do this last year financially? Uh, This last year was 29% higher than the previous year. Come on. That is incredible. Incredible. And. And, and to add on to that, so uh, we kicked off the Compassion International Sponsorship for the Peru kids a year ago. And now with both the, the Burkina Faso and the Peru sponsorships, that has doubled in that giving as well. Yeah, so yeah. good, so good. So thank you for continuing to be generous. We do want to celebrate people who are living in generous lives. Who are we celebrating here on the screen? This is Mr. Brian Swan. And yes, Brian we did Swan. ask for permission to put Brian's picture up there. And to talk about you, uh, we, uh, we initiated a project just recently that we wanted to upgrade our youth room, put in some new lights, new sound equipment. And uh, when we brought that forward, Brian, who's like, who is, he has been embedded into the youth culture, the, the high school group teaching and leading, and he is, he is just so faithful in doing that. He said, well, whatever you guys get, I would like to make up the remainder. 
And uh, this last week, we were able to make that purchase because of Brian. Yeah, that's so good. I know he's uncomfortable even. Yeah, we celebrate Brian. So good. Like, I know we asked Brian, but like, he's uncomfortable even just kind of celebrating him because that's not why you give, right? You don't give for recognition, and Brian didn't do that for recognition, just like so many of you don't. But we also know the Bible says that we should do our good deeds in front of people so that we might spur them on towards good deeds as well. And so there's a time, not for our own glory, but to model uh, what we do for others, that it's okay to be seen doing those things. And so we just want to celebrate that and celebrate so many of you that are being generous here today and leading the way in generosity. So give these guys a hand, would you? Isn't it, is the dab dead? We had a conversation. I, I prayed think, about it, and Jesus it brought it back. It, it, no. The dab is dead. Mm-hmm. Jesus brought dab, it back. I think just the dab like is that wasn't resurrected. <laughs> All right. I'm going to stay on task here. Next value. Next value is this, that we believe that life is better together, that, that uh, we were meant for community. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but you can be in a crowd and not be in community. Um, that you can be in this room with hundreds of people uh, every single week, and you can leave here, and although you are amongst people and in a crowd, you are not in, in community, because to be in community means to be known and to know others. And if the people around you don't know how to pray for you and don't know how to encourage you, and you're not praying for and encouraging others, then you just came to church, but you're not in community, and you were made for more than that. And so um, tell us your name. Tell us the ministry you serve in today. Yeah, my name is Britt, and I oversee young adult and youth ministry. Awesome. My name's Randolph, and I oversee junior high ministry here at ACF. Very cool. So as you guys look at this value, life is better together, that's a huge deal for our students. It's huge for everyone, but I know embedded in your values and ministry is this community aspect. And so how are you seeing this lived out? Maybe some wins in that in your ministry. Yeah, something that we've seen with our young adult ministry. Do you guys remember being young and broke? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Is anybody Just still me. young and broke? They're like, um, telling the, me right now. Uh, in September, we uh, rented a cabin in Telkeetna and took a bunch of our young adults up there because we live in such a beautiful place, and we want to be more than a Tuesday night for our young adults. We actually want to do life together. And so we did worship one night till midnight. The next night, we stayed up till 2 a.m. playing games. I was like, I got a bedtime. Um, but we really want to know and connect with one another um, in all of our ministries. Yeah, so good. One thing that we say, and, and Bridget said it about our young adults, but one thing that we tell our students um, often is that you are more than a Wednesday or a Sunday night to us. That our junior high students are more than just an hour and a half on Wednesday night. Our high school students are more than two hours on a Sunday night. And really what we're saying by that is we don't want to just have you come to a service and hang out with you for a couple hours and then send you on your way and then just wait till next week. We want to actually be doing life with you. And one of the amazing things that we've gotten to watch as this happened is with our leadership team and how they have not just spoken this over our students, but how they have chosen to live this out. I know, actually, as I I look around the room, I see a couple of our volunteer leaders um, hanging out around here. And I watch as you guys and and the high school team and just go and you really do live this out. You say, I'm going to lean into the problems and the things that the people around me are working through. One of the, the coolest things that we do at the end of our services is we get together and we talk about wins throughout the night and then we talk about prayer requests and how we can just be praying over each other going into the next week. And 
typically someone will share something that's really deep. Not that other people don't, but someone will share something that's maybe just a little bit deeper or a little bit more impactful. And we're like, man, get in the middle. Like, we're going to pray over you right now, and we're going to follow up with you. Because we we're not just, we're more than just a two, or a Wednesday night or a Tuesday night or a Sunday night to, to each other. We're going to actually walk in life together. And so they do just such a great job being an example of that. That's good. And we have some amazing leaders, and, and it's a huge deal. If you're an adult that is spending time with teenagers, I don't know if you know this, but you are impacting their futures incredibly. And statistics are pretty clear that a very high number of, of teenagers who get out of high school do not go back to the church. Like they've been in youth group and they just don't return right now. And so this is like a challenge that youth pastors across the world are really dealing with, especially in the United States. And, and so uh, what we've seen is that statistically, the ones that continue on in church out of high school, they had at least one adult who was not their parent invest in them when they were in high school. So, and this is so key that it's just somebody who's not just a parent, but that somebody outside of their home that notices them, looks them in the eye and says, hey, you, you really do matter. And you have, you have value to me. And I want to know you as a person. And maybe for you today, um, if you're in your you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, you, you're not tending to think about noticing teenagers. Um, but can I just tell you, they need it. They need you. Uh, they need you to acknowledge them and to see them as people and to see that they have real problems and real things that they're going through. And so I want to encourage all of you to, to take the mantle in that. Uh, Genesis 2.18 says this, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. What does this scripture mean to you guys? Yeah, it's really interesting in this context. God has created the heavens and the earth. He has created the vegetation, the animals. And then he creates Adam and he looks at Adam and he says, this isn't good. He's alone. And then he makes a helper suitable for him. And I just want to talk to you today if you're in the room and you're like, man, I feel alone. I want you to know that there is a place for you here. There is a family for you here. And I want to encourage you after this service to go to guest services and say, I want to find my people. Because God would look at your situation and say, this isn't good, and your people are here. Yeah, absolutely. Preach. So good. Yeah, and so we do want to celebrate people who are living out these values. Who are we celebrating on the screen here? This, uh, today on the screen and right in front of me, we have Mr., I, no, I was going to call you out, Zachary Crow, A.K.A. Zachary, Zach, Zachary. Amen. I think, I think that's all of them. Um, this is someone who doesn't just live out what it looks like to be in community, but he actually invites people into it. He serves downstairs faithfully just about every single Sunday morning in ACF Kids. He's over on Wednesday night serving in the junior high or with junior high students. He's such an example of what it means to be a young man after God's heart to, our, to his high school students, to his peers. And, and he's just receiving so much discipleship from those above him too. And this is, he's someone who, again, he doesn't just say, man, this is really cool that I have all these things. But he says, this something, there's something cool that I have and I want you to be a part of it. And I just think of what example, what an example that is for us in our schools, in our workplaces, wherever we are in life to say, man, we have something so good in Jesus. And if you are a believer in him, man, what, how much can you not like someone to not tell them about Jesus? (laughs) Right. That's that's a good, that's good. You know, and so Zach does such an amazing job saying, man, I've got something so good and I don't want to just hold that to myself. I want to share it out. And so, yeah, he just leads the way, um, such a great way. And through serving too, you find that community right? 
And I know a lot of you, you're like, I don't know if I want to sit down for coffee with people and have a conversation about my feelings, you know. Uh, But maybe you can show up and you can brew a cup of coffee for others. Or you can show up and you can be part of one of these teams. And what you need to know is that people who are on our teams are deeply embedded in community. They really experience this, and, and uh, our teams are praying for one another, and they know one another, and they look forward to serving with one another. And so it's, it's, it really is a small group with a purpose. Yeah. And uh, beyond just kind of like getting to know one another, now we're going to be outreach and, and outwardly focused, which is really, really great uh, to have. And so I want to encourage you, find that today uh, somewhere and somehow. So would you give these guys a hand? Thank you. <laughs> All right, all right. Our last value that we're talking about here today is that we are contributors, not consumers, right? Again, back to uh, the character of Christ. Jesus did not show up to the world and ask what he could get. He asked what he could give, right? Uh, This idea that, like, if you want to make yourself great, make yourself the least of those around you. And so tell us your name. Tell us where you're serving. I'm Allie Gardner, and I'm the ACF Kids Director. And I'm Sarah? Colleen McGeorge, and I oversee First Impressions and groups. Awesome, awesome. The, yeah, and these two ladies, these two unassuming ladies, are leading two of the largest ministries in our church family. And so, so much of our culture is set by you guys. We're so thankful for what you invest into ACF and into uh, the kingdom here. But just share like a win. Where are you seeing this idea of being contributors and not consumers lived out in your ministry? I get the privilege every week to see contributors downstairs loving on our kids. Um, This year alone so far, we have seen 63 kids get baptized. Yeah, that's awesome. And we have so many amazing group leaders. A lot of you are in this room right now. Um, But I want to highlight one, Barb Genowig, who um, pours her heart and soul out to women's um, prison ministry. And she has been teaching a Bible study over for the Hope House, which is a transitional house um, that they go to after they're released from prison. And she had come up to me and she said, can we please go to the the prison and do some ministry? And I said, yes, yes, yes. And finally, she got tired of me saying yes and not doing anything. And she says, Colleen, I really want to do this. And I said, Barb, I said, I want you to do this. Make the phone calls, see what it'll take, and we will throw the resources at you. And, you know, she didn't wait for me anymore. She went and did it, and now she's taking um, two women over into the prison system, and four more are on deck to go over. I love that. I love that. And, and we in the room might forget that we have this online community that's with us every single week and hundreds of people who are joining online. And we actually have two of our newest small groups that are meeting in prisons right now. And so I think some of them are watching live and maybe others. There's one I think that's getting sent DVDs, which I, I can't remember the last time I watched a DVD, but they're sending DVDs because that's what they have. And so if you're currently incarcerated, we're thankful for you and, and just thankful that you're part of our community and thankful for what God is doing in your life. We're praying for you you in this season uh, that you're with us. And so um, I want to read a scripture here. Uh, This is Romans 11. And Paul's talking about the family of God like a tree with branches. And there are these Jews who are part of God's chosen people who didn't actually recognize Jesus for who he was. And then there are these Gentiles who are kind of the outsiders in their community who did recognize Jesus. And so they're now part of the family of God, but they're kind of growing in their arrogance, in their pride. And he says this, He says, if some of the branches have been broken off and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, 
Do not consider yourself to be superior to those other branches. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. What does the scripture mean for you? Well, to me, it actually brings back a saying my grandma used to say, bloom where you're planted. Yeah. Well, to truly bloom, you know, we are in this amazing place. God has placed you right here, right now for a reason. Every single one of you have been given gifts that are amazing that can help this place blossom. And we can continue to serve together alongside each other and show who Jesus is and allow for this community to continue to bloom. And in order to do that, you have to be willing to step forward and be part of the beauty, to contribute to it, not just consume the amazing amazing nutrients that come from us, from this team of people, from this family. Yeah, no, it's, that's really good. It's, and it's easy to do that. And I'll tell you this, like, if you've been in a heavy season and you just need to rest, please rest. Like, we have people who come to our church who are part of other ministries, people who are pastors at other churches will come to ACF sometimes, and they've told me, like, I just come because I can just sit, and I can just be here. And I'm like, please do. Please just rest, relax. But if you've been part of ACF for a little while and you're here and, and, and maybe you have been resting and relaxing, it may be time to move, right? We know that uh, through COVID, we learned this. Resting and relaxing for too long can be really unhealthy for us, right? It's sometimes you've got to get up and move. And the same is true in the family of God, is that you will become very sedentary in your faith if you're not moving spiritually and investing in others. And so uh, for you today, I just would encourage you, if you don't have a way that you're serving um, you're missing out on what God wants to do in and through you. And if you're like, man, I don't know if I've got time or whatever, that's always the big thing that people say. You, there is a way, and these ladies have ways for you to serve like once a month, just to start, just to give it a shot, and, uh, and just, just to try that. So that's my challenge to everybody in the room. Find one way, um, just inundate these ladies after uh, church day or other team members, and uh, or you can hit up the, yeah, they're like, what do we do with them all? Yeah, that'd be great. So we'd love to have so many people. We don't know what to do with everybody. But really, it's not just about filling holes. Like, we, we've actually had to create more spots in ministry because we want people to be engaged, where, where we're actually having to be creative and getting to dream about new ways to reach people because so many of you are asking to serve. And so um, I want to invite you to do that. Like, God is going to use you in some powerful ways. We want to celebrate people as well uh, that are living out this value. So who are we celebrating on the screen behind us? Well, we have Mr. Andy, who's actually down here in the front row today. Yeah, give it up for yes. Andy. Yes. And my bad, I don't think I asked him. Okay, so, <laughs> oops. Mr. Andy is somebody who serves faithfully in multiple ways every week. And it's not just in kids, but he is with me striving to um, help equip these small and mighty disciples to amplify the grace of Jesus every single week in multiple um, services. And in this one, for this example, was just something that was actually caught by our security team. Um, he was walking a little girl who was two and brand new to us, and she was struggling. And so Mr. Andy took her out, and they walked the river for a little while, and then they sat and they colored. And no job for Andy is too little. Like, he does everything with his whole heart. And no matter what that looks like, from helping me clean up um, spills to bodily fluids downstairs to all (laughs) kinds of things, Andy is there. And he never says, it's too little. Yeah, yeah, no, for real, Andy, that's, this is greatness. Like, it really is. Um, Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Um. I don't know if you color a lot. Um, 
Yeah, but I, I'm assuming Andy wasn't just like, I think I want to. It's just to see a need and go like, nothing is beneath me. And this really is greatness. It's a picture of greatness. Yeah. This is not what our society calls greatness. But this is what the family of God calls greatness. Yeah. So who else are we celebrating on the screen? Yeah, we've got um, Brian, Pina, and Hans out there. And if you've driven onto our campus on a Sunday, you've you seen these seen guys out, out there waving and all that. And they love it. They love welcoming you onto the campus. Yep, yep. And I'll tell you, like, I don't know if they get cold ever because, like, his teeth are frozen to his lip and he's smiling. And actually he told me, um, Hans was saying, like, uh, the reason that he's out there is because he loves the change that happens between when people show up and when they leave. Uh, that people show up and they might look a little grouchy. Maybe you haven't had your caffeine yet or whatever and kids are fighting in the back. And he said when people leave, they have joy and smiles on their faces and he can visibly see how God has worked in your hearts over the past hour, hour and a half. And so that's enough for him to be out there when it's 20 below, just waving cars into parking spots. And so um, thank you ladies for all you do. Would you give them a hand? You might see one of these on the seats. If you're with us online, there may be a link for this. I know it's in our app as well, but these are just some numbers to celebrate about what God's doing. But I want you to, I want you to find a pen, would you? Just humor me real quick. Find a pen somewhere around you, and I want you to write down a number. And we say this a lot as a church family, that every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters to God. And so we, we do celebrate numbers. Numbers matter. Every individual matters. And what I want you to do is I want you to write down a number for me, and it's this, 512,871. Say it again, 512,871. According to Barna Research, that's the number of unchurched people currently in the state of Alaska. And so I don't know if you woke up today and you're like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I go to this job. I don't know why I go to this church. I don't know why I go to school. I don't know why I do what I do. I just gave you 512,871 reasons to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. And you need to know this. We need you. Fully operational and fully functioning in what God has given you. Don't buy the lies of the enemy. You have something to offer. If you don't know what it is, that's why we're here, is to help you find it. So just plug in. Find a way to serve. Find a way to engage in the mission, and I promise you, you will find your purpose. Would you stand up? I want to pray for us today. Father, we thank you so much that you would use people like us we never want to be those ones who show up to consume. As if in some way, like, we're God's gift to the church. No, the church is God's gift to us. And so, Father, we thank you for the family of God. We thank you that the family of God is not a product to be consumed, but a people worth dying for. And you showed that to us as you came and died for the bride. So, God, may we walk in your footsteps. May we be the kind of people who look for needs and meet them. God, I pray you'd keep us from sitting back quietly and that you'd call us out into the discipleship that you want for us, God. You want us to follow you faithfully, not for you, but for our own sake so that we might become the people that you've called us to be. God, thank you so much 
for those that are in our community that are left to be reached. God, I pray that you use us to reach them. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys.